Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Welcome to a very special edition of Truth and Liberty. Hi, Alex McFarland here. You have tuned in on the right night, folks, because tonight on Truth and Liberty, we have author, ministry leader, uh, world-renowned Christian figure, Jonathan Kahn, that we'll get to in just a moment. But I want to welcome everybody, and I want to go ahead and give the number, because no doubt a lot of viewers will have a question, perhaps, and the number that we'll get to calls in about 30 minutes. It's 719-619-2341. And, you know, I've got to say, if you're a regular watcher of Truth and Liberty, we've been so blessed to have a lot of guests, major figures in ministry and politics, opinion makers. But tonight, uh, I got to tell you, uh, we've had so much traffic on social media and people calling in because they want to hear from uh, author, pastor, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. And he is the founder of the Beth Israel Worship Center in New Jersey. And uh, I've had the privilege of meeting this dear brother uh, at conferences like NRB, National Religious Broadcasters. And uh, uh, Jonathan Kahn, I want to say thank you for being with us tonight, but thank you for just um, being everything that we hoped you would be, which is just a, a very uh, authentic man of God. You know, when you meet authors and scholars that you've respected and followed, you know, you always wonder if if they're as real as you hope they are, and you are genuine, and you represent the Lord Jesus Christ so powerfully. And I want to say it's an honor to speak with you tonight. Thank you, Alex. Thank you for your kind words. It's, it's great, and it's great to be with you. Well, it's good to have you. And, you know, I, I travel a lot, and your books, The Harbinger and the follow-up, The Harbinger 2, and, uh, you know, the most recent is the Josiah Manifesto that I want to talk about. But um, give viewers just a, a little bit of your journey. How did God bring you to where you are in terms of you as a communicator, you as a writer, and you as a, an international representative of Christianity? Well, well, um, I guess it's two sides to that. I, um, I mean, one is coming to the Lord, and the other is how he did that, you know, with a writer. Um, so you want me to focus on the, on the second part or the first part? Uh, let's talk about both briefly, if we may. Let's, okay. How did you come okay. to the Lord? Okay, yeah, well, I'm raised, you know, I'm Jewish, obviously, and I was raised in a Jewish home and uh, not, you know, secular Jewish home and went to uh, Hebrew school and all that. But when I was eight years old, I became an atheist. I, I didn't mm -hmm. see the God of the Bible in the synagogue, you know, um, and th that lasted until I was about 12 or 13 when I said, there's got to be something more. There's got to be more to, there's got to be a reason of why we exist. So I started searching everywhere I could on, Every every form of that came as truth, uh, you know, or, or propose or you know tried to uh, science, religion, the occult, uh, UFOs, Nostradamus, everything. 
And one day I picked up a book, I thought it was a UFO book. It was The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, all about prophecy, end time biblical prophecy, which I had no idea it existed. Um, and that the, you know, what the Bible said that would happen with Israel coming back. And I, I had no idea. So that blew me away. Um, I still didn't want to follow, you know, so I knew the, the truth, but I, 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 you know, had a rock band. I was a teenager. I didn't want to, you know, to, to do that. So I made a deal with God. Um, I said, if you give me a long life, I'll accept you when I'm on my deathbed. So that was my deal. And right after that, I was almost killed twice. The second, the first time was a car accident. It was a miracle that I didn't get killed. The second time, um, heading to a, I'm in a Ford Pinto, a very, you know, a very kind of explosive car, and I'm heading to a train track. And long story short, I got hit by the train. Uh, the, it plowed into the car and, and, you know, just went up like aluminum foil. And the only thing I could do was call out to God. So I called out to God. The car was destroyed and I didn't get a scratch. So I said, wow. okay, Lord, I said, can we renegotiate? And so I said, here's a new deal. I'll accept you when I'm 20. When I turn 20, I'll accept you. Just don't kill me until then. Give me time. And so it was about a year, you know, a little less than a year later on my 20th birthday, because I gave my word to God. I was like a man whose um, contract had run out. I said, okay, I gave my word. I didn't know exactly how to do it. You know, I was watching Christian television. I was reading the Bible. Um, but I, I remember from Hebrew school, Moses met God on a mountain and Elijah. So I found a mountain, went up to the top of it, kneeled down on a rock and gave my life to the Lord. So that's how mm -hmm. I came to the Lord, you know, which is, I was, I'm the most least likely person, you know, if you knew me back in high school, you know, I was the atheist, you know? So, yeah. um, as far as, you know, that, you know, the Lord called me into ministry, you know, when I came to the Lord, I was in college. Um, and I, you know, I knew I was to, to serve him full time, but I didn't know what. And I ended up helping out to start a congregation, but I was there just to help them out until I the ministry came. The Lord really interrupted my life and said I was called. So, um, but then about four years later, the leader of the congregation left and they said, we're asking you to lead. I said, well, this was just for the meantime. I wasn't planning. So I said, I asked the Lord. The Lord said, basically showed me, yeah, it's my will. And then, you know, I, what I would say is that, you know, the Lord always gave me you know, by his grace, you know, he uses the unlikely, gave me revelation. And um, and I always knew I was supposed to write a book, but I never did. I never had time as a pastor. And finally, um, I had given a message called The Harbinger to the congregation. Everybody said, oh, this has got to go to the world. I never did anything. But then a, a little while later, I felt, okay, this is the, this is, I have to put this in a book form. I wrote it down and literally, you know, it was like the book wrote itself. It was the easiest thing I ever did. And right. then it just, it went, you know, it went viral. It became, it became a bestseller. Um, and then I, so then, then came the next, I mean, I, there was, I never had to, there's so much, you know, I know I'm to share and I, and there's, I probably, in my head, I probably have eight books more, but you know, I, you know, just, I, I know it's, you know, the Lord has called me to do it. And, I'm, and you know, I, the thing is to do what God's called you to do. So he just, he does it. I don't take any responsibility. I don't take any credit for, you know, the revelation or what happens, it's him. Um, mm -hmm. And I can never, I could never reproduce any of the, the books. I could never, how I got it. I could never do that. Yeah. He just leads me to the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And it just happens. Well, what is your diagnosis of the, the church in America and the West right now, Rabbi Khan? Um, if you trouble. had to give an assessment. Yeah, in trouble. Um, 
It is, on one hand, it's on the defensive, number one, instead of being on the offense. Um, and again, I'm talking generally. There's, of course, exceptions and great churches and great people all around. But uh, altogether, all that, you know, one thing. Secondly, um, there's a lot of um, fear with, you know, to, to speak about the issues because the culture will counsel you. A lot of pastors are afraid of speaking. Um, and there's also dilution of the word, you know, where, hey, we got to win them over. So we're going to, you know, hey, we're going to make it. God becomes your personal success counselor, counselor, you know, yeah. now God, listen, we know God blesses. We know all that. He will, you sure. will have true success in him, but he's not a personal trainer. Like just to say, Hey, you know, you know, I'm here just so, you know, you, you do this thing. Um, you know, there's repent, you know, so there's often a thing, a move away from repentance and away from the cross, the preaching of the cross. So, um, you know, in trouble, you know, these are the end times and we have to be stronger, not weaker. We have to, if the dark is getting darker. We have to get brighter. You know, yeah. we have to be stronger, more radical is what God is calling for. Speaking of the end times, and I agree, I, I believe we are in the end times. Um, to what degree do the October 7 Hamas attacks um, overlap with Bible prophecy, if, if at all? <clears throat> well, the, fir the first thing, um, the, the first thing is that I'm, I'm going to share something that in the Josiah Manifesto, which came out at the beginning of September, there's a mystery in it that that actually foreshadowed what would happen, when it would happen. I actually spoke about that mystery the night before this all happened, Friday night. Um, and it actually ordained, if you follow this mystery in there, it's called the 50-year mystery, it ordained that there would be an attack on Israel, a, a ground invasion. It would take Israel by surprise. It would happen in October. It would happen on a Saturday, a Sabbath. Um, it would happen on a holy day, a, a Jewish holiday when they're celebrating, and it would lead to war. That's all there. I mean, if you take the mystery of it, it we can get into it, because this mystery is yeah. affecting America, too, and it's unfolding. Um, it's called the 50-year mystery. The, the Yom Kippur War was 50 years ago from that pretty much that weekend, um, yeah. and actually that Sabbath. You know, um, so it, and there's, there's all sorts of stuff to this. So that's the first thing. Um, so I was sharing on it the day before it happened. Um, secondly, um, in the fact that Israel's in the news again, you know, that's that's anti-prophecy. That Israel is back, that Israel's the center of world controversy, little little nation size of New Jersey, um, that there's warfare, conflict, controversy, that, that it seems like the whole world is against Israel again. Well, the Bible says that in the end times, yeah. Israel's going to be back. It's going to be the center of controversy, and the world, whole world, is going to be against it. Well, it's yeah. happening. So, in, in the sense of that, you know, the overall picture, it's absolutely end time biblical prophecy dynamic. That's not saying when we know exactly when, but you know, that's one thing. Another thing is that it is uh, when you look at Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine, and you look at the nations that are specifically mentioned there. Um, it's it, very fascinating because there there's so many of them are already allied against Israel, like Iran. Persia is mentioned. I, Persia is Iran. Um, like uh, Turkey is mentioned. Turkey is an enemy of Israel right now. Um, Libya and the Sudan are in, were involved in, fun, in in giving weapons to Hamas, and they're in Ezekiel 38 and 39. You know, so you know, it's it, not not saying this is Ezekiel 38 and 39, and not saying that. 
This directly leads to it, but it can indirect, it can ultimately lead to it by what it's doing. So it's certainly antagonizing Israel again. I mean, nations against Israel. That's all part of end time prophecy. And the other thing is, it also shows you the reality reality of God. Israel's back. The reality of of the of the devil, because look at that satanic hatred. What Hamas did, it's satanic. People yes. around the world yeah. cheering this on, the killing of mothers and children, and you know they're cheering it on. That is satanic, demonic. This is the oldest hatred in the world. Is the hatred of the Jewish people. This, you know yeah. we're getting a taste of it. It's been going on for four thousand years. But this yeah. is satanic. So it tells you this is all. Everything the Bible says is true. But this tells you that God's Amen. on the throne because after four thousand years, all these ancient enemies of Israel, they're gone. They're in the museums. Israel, yeah. the nation of Israel is alive because the Amen. God of Israel lives. You, you know, praise God. By the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Truth and Liberty with our very special guest, Jonathan Kahn, tonight. He's author of so many best-selling books, the most recent, The Josiah Manifesto. And I, I've got so many questions. I know listeners have questions. By the way, folks, I see the calls are coming in. The number, and we'll get to the phone calls uh, momentarily, but the number is 719-619-2341. My dear brother, the Josiah Manifesto, where can people get it? And is there a website you would like to drive traffic to? Yeah, the Josiah Manifesto is literally everywhere. You know, the subtitle is The Ancient Mystery and Guide for the End Times. And so it, it is literally, what if God was you know, giving us a download of, of where we are right now, prophetically, what's coming, and also how to be prepared. Because what if there's a blueprint, a guide about what to do, how to how to overcome what all that's happening? We're all dealing with it. And so that's what that's this is going to open up. But it's literally wherever books are sold, I mean, including, you know, Amazon right now online, you can sure. get it. But get it not just for yourself, get it for people in your life who, who number one, who aren't believers, and get it for those who are believers but need to need to wake up and also or to stand strong for the days ahead. And and what is your website? Uh, my website is well, there's a few, but one is Hope of the World, uh, which is the ministry I lead. What you know, a lot aside from the congregation, is getting the gospel to the world. It has all my teachings there, all the mysteries are there. Um, and we send out free, you know, prophet, uh, uh, CDs and prophetic updates and teachings. Um, and we're getting it's to get the gospel of the world and also God's love to the needy. So that's just remember hopeoftheworld.org. Um, you'll get free gifts. You'll get things immediately. Just go hopeoftheworld.org. Also, of course, I'm on Facebook. I mean, YouTube, Jonathan Kahn, you know, Facebook, Jonathan Kahn, that's all over. There is a site that my publisher put up called booksbyjonathankahn.com, and that has ways you can get specials on the books and all that. Not just the Josiah Manifesto, but the Return of the Gods and the Harbinger and all, all the eight books now. So, and the, and the yeah. Josiah Manifesto looks like this, if you, know, if you can see. Yeah. I don't know if it comes out here, but it kind of looks Praise like this. Praise God. You know. Great. Hey, by the way, totally uh, as an aside, uh, you have great book covers. Uh, Whoever your cover artist is, they're doing they're doing their job. Oh, thank you. You know, that that that's an honor because I work with them. We go back and forth. They say, no, it needs more blue. (laughs) It needs more that. But thank you. They'll be blessed. And I'm blessed. Thank you. Amen. So so I've got to ask you that, you know, probably during COVID, 
uh, as cancel culture was rising up, you know, they're pulling down statues of Abraham Lincoln. But um, I remember reading an article in the Wall Street Journal about the one form of racism that seems to get a pass, and that's anti-Semitism. And here, just in the weeks since Hamas attacked Israel, I mean, it's just been vicious and unrelenting. Um, Rabbi Khan, has it surprised you just the the force with which uh, anti-Semitism has returned? No, uh, not really, because it's it's you know it's what the Bible says. It's it's never over, and it just it goes into little you know dormant you know semi-dormant times, and then it erupts. You know the the, the you know much of the woke establishment left way all that was it was all there, but this mm-hmm. brought it out. Um, and and a lot of a lot of Jewish people who don't who don't have the Lord, they're shocked by it, and they're they're shocked by the left because they kind of allied with the liberals because. You know, goes back. Liberals were for you know freedom and for the underdog yeah. and the minority and all that. So that Jewish people felt safe, but they don't feel safe anymore with a left wing. They're saying, "Wait a minute, this is crazy." So that's good. That part that they could maybe rethink it and maybe even be open to the Lord to, to Jesus. But no, it doesn't shock me because it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's demonic, yeah. and it's always yeah. there. It just erupts in different forms. You know, been there since the since, you know in ancient times. You know, and yeah. it was a different reason then. It's all. All over the world, no matter where you are, and it's a different, you know, Hitler hated the Jews with his own reasons, the communists hated the Jews with different reasons. You know, it's all has nothing to do with it. It's uh, it's supernatural, it's it's demonic. Yeah, well, it, it is. And you know, really, um, I, I honestly think the the Jewish people, the trajectory of the Jewish people, the rebirth of the nation of Israel, just the the inexplicable animosity that people, some people have against Jewish people. This is really one of the greatest undeniable arguments for the supernatural and the existence of God. You know, uh, this disproportionately small people group that all of history has swung on the hinge of Israel, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's exactly what you would expect for the in, for the Bible being true. One yeah. is that there, you know, Jewish people are always have been in the center of history. You know, yeah. long before there was an America, they were there in Rome. They were there in Egypt. They were there in Babylon. They were, yeah. you know, o- always. Um, also, they're the most attacked people on earth. The weakest people, on one sense, they had no army. They had no nation. They were scattered like sheep for two thousand years. Yet they're the strongest nation. They overcome every single empire that they've outlast everybody because God said it. It's not about and 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 then they've also been, you know, the most influential in that, you know, touching the world because God gave he called them to touch the world for for him, for the gospel. Now, now they still have that gift, whether they're with God or away from God, they're going to touch the world. But God has called them to touch the world for Jesus. All of our lives have been effective. If you're born again, it's through the Jewish people. So thank God for them. But now pray Amen. that they find the Messiah who they gave to you. Yeah. Um, what What is the biggest obstacle in, in your mind that um, non-believing Jews have about Christianity? Well, it's Christi- <laughs> in one sense, it's Christianity because it's the history of what was called Christianity because the yeah. enemy knew it. So the enemy used he used the name of Jesus to persecute them, to hate them, to have crusades against them, to to kill them. And it wasn't real Christianity, of course, but it was the name of Jesus because he he knows that if the Jewish people come to 
Jesus, he's finished. You know, that's when he's yeah. over. You know, so so he did that. You know, so that's one thing, the history of that. But that has nothing to do with Jesus. Secondly, um, you know, they're told from the beginning, the one thing you can't believe in is Jesus. You can be a you can be a communist, you can you can get into Eastern religion, but you cannot believe in the Jewish rabbi Jesus. Um, and then, you know, one some other things are the idea of a Messiah dying for us. They don't know that that's in the Bible. They don't know that that's in Isaiah. That's in the, they think it's Catholic, you know, or the idea of, of the Messiah being God, you know, or be that all, but they don't know that's also in the Hebrew scriptures as well. But, you know, and, you know, but basically it's 2000 years of what's, you know, coming. They think Christianity is Gentile and, you know, all, you know, it's, it's not. It's not, but they don't know it's Jewish. The best thing a, right. a believer can be is show, be a Ruth to Naomi and say, "Wait a minute, I have your Messiah." You know, I, I'm not trying to convert you to be to stop being Jewish. I've become Jewish. I've become. I've been one of you. You're born again. You're born again spiritually Jewish. Amen. Amen. So, uh, if if I may, let's talk a little bit about politics because people are so concerned about the 2024 election. Um, do do you feel like? The, the, sta the political landscape is a reflection of the spiritual landscape of America right now. Yeah, um, it, you know, the, the spiritual landscape is polarized, is divided, where, you know, is a war of God, you know, God's ways to be, or versus those who want to overturn those ways in a nutshell. Um, and then you have the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and they kind of take up on that, you know, but, you know, the, you know no party is going to be perfect, but um, as as we are we are spiritually polarized. It's like a a nation, a civilization divided against itself. We're warring against our own foundation of America, and so we're also politically divided. We've never been so polarized, probably since the Civil War. Yeah, you, you know the the question people have, and and I this is you know off script, shall we say, but. A lot of people, and I'm on the road like every weekend in a church, people are concerned about the next election being honestly tabulated. And several people have said to me, well, we are under judgment. In fact, I was talking to a major Christian leader yesterday, a nationally known broadcaster, who said, look, um, we will never have another Republican president uh, because we are under judgment. And, and I realize, you know, personally and nationally, there, there are sins. Do, do you believe that, Rabbi Khan, that America is in a state of judgment at this point? Well, we are—I've warned about this from the harbinger onward. We are, uh, we are in those days where the nation's hanging in the balance. Um, we cannot, a nation cannot know God, you know, have known God, turn away from God as we have, kill 60 million children and not be under judgment. We are under it, yet, you know, there, you know, one of the things that the Josiah Manifesto is revealing is where we are, and we are at really the Josiah moment. And the Josiah moment is that where we're on one hand, we're, it's a nation on the verge of judgment. On the other hand, it is given a chance to return to God and have revival. It, the only thing that can save America, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a political party. It's not a political uh, candidate. I mean, even though God can use all that, and we pray for that, but sure. it is revival. If we do not have a turning back to God, if we don't have revival, America's gone. And even if you know, even if we pass laws that are right, you know, like we get it. If the if we don't change the hearts, we're not going to. You know, the hearts are going to change the laws back. You know, so we have without revival, it's not going to. You know, that the only thing that can save America is that. And again, that is that is where the person Josiah lived at the time when the nation was going to be destroyed. 
And yet there was yeah. revival through one man, you know, and what, what, what can we do? What do we need to do to do that? But again, I'm all for, listen, touching the political realm and praying for the political realm and working for the political realm. But ultimately, the political realm is not going to save us. It's a window that can allow for revival. But without revival, you know, listen, we've had, you know, Donald Trump was president and a lot. And look, he did the, you know, the overturning of Roe versus Wade came through Donald Trump. The recognizing of Jerusalem, Donald Trump. Um, the the Abrahamic Accords, Donald Trump. And I'm not, it's not about Donald Trump. It's God is sovereign. But yeah. still, the culture has been falling away from God. So what I'm saying yeah. is, yes, politics, yes, political you know, is part of it, but that without revival is not going to save America. We need revival. We need turning away from, from, from sin. That's it. You know, we'll use politics, use everything you can, but ultimately don't lose the sight. That is ultimately, it's only God who can save America. Uh, what are the steps to revival? Repentance. Without repentance, there's no revival. You know, after 9-11, everybody was saying, you know, hey, you know, rushing to church, remember? But after about three weeks, it, we thought it was going to be a revival. Nothing happened because there was no repentance. Without repentance, there's no revival. And it's God's people who, who, you know, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their evil ways. Yeah. You know, it, we have to turn. You know, we, we got to pray for revival as never before, but... We, we have to not only pray for revival, we have to choose revival. We have to start living in revival. If we start Amen. living in revival, revival begins, you know, and spreading the gospel. The only hope America has is the gospel as well. You know, and Amen. we have to be on the offense, not the defense. We have to be yes. moving forward. Josiah was not on the defense. He lived in a, a, an age of apostasy like we are in, an age where they were killing their babies like we are in, of sexual immorality, so so it is now, of gender confusion among the pagan worship, just like now, and yet he didn't let it lead him. He said, I don't care. I am going yeah. to swallow God, and I'm going to I'm going to change my nation. If, if God gives me the, the power, the, and he did. So we got to yes. move on the offense, not the defense. Uh, for those just tuning in, we're talking with Jonathan Kahn. I've only got a couple of minutes. So when we come back after the break, we are going to go to the phones. The number is 719-619-2341. Uh, for those just tuning in, give us the basic premise of the Josiah Manifesto. <laughs> yeah, maybe when we, and if we take calls, I can intersperse it with kind of throwing out some mysteries from the book, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is imagine if God was actually sending us a message, a revelation of where we are prophetically, what is coming and how to prepare. What what if there was a an ancient calendar from God that actually gave the exact dates of when events were going to happen in America and they've happened exactly on it on um, the exact there's an actual calendar that tells us all these things where we could actually know you know get ready for things um and also what if there is a biblical blueprint or a manual or a guide to tell us how to prevail how to stand against all this how to safeguard our families you know in this time how to overcome and not be overcome how what are the keys what are the secrets that Josiah had because i believe there's all these signs pointing to this Josiah and that is that for the end times and for now what what are the strategies? What are the secrets? What are the keys? That is what the Josiah Manifesto is going to reveal. It starts out with all these uh, uncovering mysteries that are changing our lives, and then goes to the the last part is that blueprint, the manual. What do we the guide for now and the end times? You know, it's amazing. On Friday, October sixth, I was recording segments about Ezekiel thirty eight and Psalm eighty three. 
and you uh-huh. were reco- filming. And we wake up Saturday morning, October 7th. I got up very early that morning, and I'm looking at the news. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that had to be uh, kind of a feeling of uh, a wow moment that what you've been writing and speaking on, you wake up and there it is. Uh, hey, yeah. we've got a brief— it, it, Okay. Uh, a break. Um, give the website Hope of the World again. Yeah. Rabbi yeah. The, yeah. First, the Josiah Manifesto is literally everywhere. If you go on Amazon or any place online or up, you can get the yeah. book. You can get it now. Give it. Get it for your friends, not just for yourself. Um, and the Hope of the World is the ministry to get in touch. It's hopeoftheworld.org. You'll get free gifts. You'll be blessed. Hopeoftheworld.org. And the rest is I'm on every. You know, John Legon, YouTube, Facebook, and everywhere else. You know, it, it's there. Sure. Hey, and folks, books by JonathanGon.com uh, is what the, the uh, publishers did. Uh, we got a brief break, folks. Truthandliberty.net. By the way, you need to go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe, and you'll get all of our articles, op-eds, and more. Stay tuned. We're back with more after this. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, All you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love, to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. Hey everybody, Richard Harris here. I wanted to let you know that the Truth and Liberty live call-in show is now on Twitter. You can watch us there at 3.30 Mountain Time, 5.30 Eastern Time, five days a week. Just go and follow us on Twitter at Truth and Liberty Co. That's C-O. And remember, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So don't miss out. Watch us live on Twitter. The Josiah Manifesto. We're going to talk about the mystery, the mysteries written about by Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. He's our very special guest tonight on Truth and Liberty. By the way, folks, you need to tell your friends about truthandliberty.net, truthandliberty.net. I was on the phone with Richard Harris this week, and we're so excited about the growth of the impact. And he's writing articles, and Andrew Womack is writing content, and I've got articles as well. So go to truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. Also, let me say this, folks, truthandliberty slash donate. If you would give a recurring gift of at least $5 a month, you're a partner with us. And we're talking about voting. We're talking about praying. We're talking about unity in the body of Christ. Christ and revival, the move of God's Holy Spirit that our nation and world so desperately needs. And God wants you to be a part of it. Uh, Folks, 
This is all about the Lord Jesus Christ and being used by him to proclaim the gospel. He is coming soon, and we want as many people to hear and know Jesus as possible. And you don't want to miss what God is doing through Truth and Liberty. Well, our very special guest, Jonathan Kahn, we're going to go to the phones in just a moment. We're first going to go to Pennsylvania with John. But um, Rabbi Kahn, I just want to say... uh, Thank you. I truly believe God has given you unique insights, and you are you are helping so many people, myself included, understanding. All right, not only where we are in history, but the value of the Old Testament. There, there's a very famous Protestant pastor who, a couple of years ago, he said that he would never again preach from the Old Testament because he wanted to quote unhitch the gospel from the Old Testament. <laughs> My heart sank. Um, One thing that God is doing through you, my dear friend, you are showing the relevancy and the vitality of of the Old Testament, not only in the life of the church, but really for the whole wide world. Yeah, well, you know, the God's word is one. I mean, there's two covenants, we know, but but it's one word, you know. And, you know, for Jesus, the, the Lord, and for the early church, the first thing they, you know, that was their main scriptures were everything coming out of that. And it's all pointing to the Lord. It's all, you know, but it's all, it's amazing. It's it, how much is in there. And so what I, I'll share, for, I basically share it as one, you know, the old and yeah. new covenant, it, it, it's all one, you know, but as you said, often in the church, it's been kind of, you know, relegated or sometimes downplayed, not everybody. And I know what you're, I know who you're talking about. And it's crazy how you cannot divide God's word. That's right. And God, there's no end to the mysteries of God. Exactly, exactly. We're going to go to some calls. Uh, John in Pennsylvania. John, thanks for having hey, Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. Hi, Jonathan. I read Josiah Manifesto about a month ago. Fantastic book. I have a quick question for you. Thank about, you. You're welcome. Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38 and 39, and it talks in verse 12 of chapter 39 that Gog and Magog, seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, that they may cleanse the land. Does that relate to Russia and Iran coming against Israel, like as Gog and Magog? And then in Revelation 20, it says fire came down from heaven, out of, from God out of heaven against Gog and Magog. Is, is that what's going to happen at the end of this conflict? Okay, yeah, um, a few things. Um, one is, you know, is, with Ezekiel 38 and 39, some of the nations are extremely clear. There is, just so you know, I mean, there is controversy among Bible uh, scholars over Gog and Magog being Russia. However, it is the biggest power to the north of Israel, and it does say north. So regardless, you know, um, but clearly, you know, you know, Persia, there's no question, is Iran, and again, Ethiopia or Kush and Libya and uh, Turkey and all, and they're all they're all basically lined up. Um, so it, but it appears from you know when you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, it appears that this is a war before you know Israel has just come back in, in Ezekiel 37. They just come back to life, and then comes this war, and so it's it's not the same as Armageddon because Armageddon is, you know, all nations. You know, this is some nations. So it seems like it's a precursor that leads to the end, but it's not the end. Um, with at, at the end of Revelation, when it's when it speaks about Gog and Magog, this is after way late, this is the millennium near the end of it. And it seems to be at that point speaking of Gog and Magog as kind of like the the a replaying of what happened, whether these are the actual peoples or they are in the spirit of Gog and Magog. Like, you know, so that's what it seems like that. But 
but it definitely says something's going to happen. And the interesting thing is when you look at the next chapter, Ezekiel 40, which is, you know, the very next thing, it talks about rebuilding the temple. So, you know, you'd imagine if something like this happens to Israel, Israel would say, okay, we got to rebuild the temple. We're back. God showed his hand. And this is the one thing we haven't done yet. So it all goes, it all falls into play with end time prophecy. Mm. Wow. So let me ask you this, uh, Rabbi Khan, how close might we be, or is there talk of rebuilding the temple? And, and how could that move forward uh, in light of the presence of the mosque on the Temple Mount? There is talk, there is talk about it. There's, there's been talk for a long time. Um, it, it has moved a little closer in that when Trump recognized Jerusalem, that gave that was more to this of Israel's right over it. Um, at the same time, you know, Israel's not about to build a temple with that mosque there. It's a, it's a third world war. Um, unless God does something, you know, there could be an earthquake that, that deals with that, or it could be, you know, exactly this in Ezekiel 38 and 39 could be the precursor of that. You know, they're not going to do it without God doing something. Right. Might we in our lifetime, uh, see the temple Mount back under the control of Jerusalem? Well, well, technically, technically it is, you know, it, it, Israel is actually yeah. over it, but they allow the, the Muslim uh, walk to the, the Muslim authorities to administrate it, the, the, the running of it, the actual every day, but outside are Israeli soldiers. Um, right. So, but this was because Moshe Dayan in the Six Day War said, okay, let's do, let's give it to them. Um, yeah, well, if they take, if they're going to put up the temple, they're going to take charge of it, you know, yeah. so would they put up the temple right next to the mosque? Or is something going to happen to that mosque? Mm, wow. Robert in Florida. Robert, thanks for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty with our guest, Jonathan Kahn. You're on. Hi, Jonathan. I read your book, The Gods of the Age, and um, it looked to me like uh, Asaph in Psalm 83 would have probably had a delight in trying to decipher the Jeremiah 12, 14, 17, Israel's being planned. Um, and, you know, there's some things like, that gentleman who just spoke about Ezekiel 39.6, about the fire coming down on the uh, carelessly on those who dwell on the islands. Uh, it's, it seems like there is such a domino effect here. Um, I was going to ask you, what is your impression of Psalm 83 with the, uh, the idea that Asaph could possibly be able to know what Jeremiah was also just talking about, uh, plucking up all the nations around Israel? How would he see that? Could you see that? Do you have a revelation of Psalm 83, Jonathan? Well, yeah. Well, Psalm, for those who don't know, Psalm 83 is talking about an alliance that comes against Israel. Um, and the peoples it names, I mean, it, it names, you know, um, uh, the basically the people groups that are all around Israel, including one could be as far as Lebanon, Hezbollah is there, you know, Syria. Um, the uh, the nations of Moab, Ammon, which now are linked to Jordan, um, and you know even the you know Philistine the, the Philistine part, you know Gaza is you know is you know it typically is the are the this is the land of the enemies of Israel has always been the Gaza yeah. Strip is in the Bible you know Samson you know was taken hostage to the the Gaza Strip uh, uh, you know Goliath came from Gaza you know um, when they took the Ark of the Covenant and they took it away they took it hostage in the Gaza Strip so 
This is ancient. It's an ancient war. So yeah, when you look at Psalm 83, again, is, saying, is, is it saying this is that one? I don't know, but it certainly, again, is it, we're in the neighborhood because yeah. we're seeing these peoples. Now, an interesting thing is that, um, you know, there's a word in Hebrew that actually means something else in Arabic. It's in Arabic and Hebrew. In Arabic, the word means zeal, fanaticism, fervor, like Islamic, you know, like terrorism. In Hebrew, the word means evil, death, and destruction. And the word in Hebrew is Hamas. Hamas yeah. is a Hebrew word and an Arabic word. And it's actually in the Bible. And in the Bible, you know, you won't see it in English. But for instance, it'll have things like, it'll feel like, like Hamas has risen up as a rod of evil in the land. Or, or link, Hamas is linked to bloody crimes in the land. Or Hamas... Uh, takes over, is, is dwelling in the city, and there's blood all over. Or um, there's one thing in Ezekiel where it tells the leaders of Israel, it says, it says, rid Hamas from the land. Now, now, again, it's translated as violence and all that, but it's actually there. One of the prophecies of the Messianic kingdom with, with Messiah, Isaiah 60 says, in that day, Hamas shall no longer be heard in your land. And and I, I'm going to, let me, let me, let me throw in some mysteries from the, from some of the books here because yeah. you know they're on, on you know for those of you who know the harbinger it's talking about you know it, it, it go, it's the mystery of how 9-11 actually when it began and what's happened since is all part of these signs that appeared in the last days of israel an enemy attack on the land and the scripture that's linked to it in the harbinger is isaiah 9 10 which where the people are struck by this attack but instead of coming back to god they they get more defiant of God. Well, that's actually what happened to our culture. We after 9-11, mm. we didn't have the revival. We've gone worse, you know. And so right, what, right. what is in the harbinger is coming true, unfortunately. But there's something called the one-year Bible, you know, and we most of us know it. One-year Bible, every day it's got a verse to, to read, point for every day. If you open up the one-year Bible to that harbinger scripture, which is Isaiah 9-10, it's about the attack on the land. There's a date on the top, and the date is September 11th. And the thing is, the Harvard, that one-year Bible wow. came out in the 1980s. So every day on 9-11, September 11th, everybody has been opening up the Bibles to the Harbinger Scripture. talks about the attack on the land and that strike of judgment, the attack on the land. Now, now there's another Scripture appointed for that day. It's They always have a psalm, you know, every, every day. The psalm that's in there speaks about attack— and violence on the land, and the word it uses, it says there is violence in the city, but in Hebrew it says there's Hamas in the city, there's there's terrorism in the city, there's evil in the city. So that's actually a, for 9-11. Now, this was called this was called Israel's 9-11, and Hamas is yeah. literally behind it, you know, and, and I'll, I'll, let me throw in one other thing about this, and that is that, you know, when, remember when Daniel was praying, and the angel comes and says, I was delayed because I was being fought? by right. the prince of Persia. Well, that's talking about a demonic spirit of Persia. What's Persia? Iran. So, and, and you know, these spirits don't die. So it's still the, 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 it's the prince of Persia. And so this prince of Persia was in charge of opposing Israel and the purposes of God for Israel. So look at how here now, this same principality is moving Iran to do what it did. You know, what happened with Hamas? Behind Hamas is Iran. So all yeah. these things are, are right there in the Bible. It's all playing out. Listen, if anything, this is telling you, listen, God is real. 
you know, his word is real. Israel is here. The, the, the evil is real. You know, the stakes are high. And everything you read in the Bible, it's real. Yeah. And, and you know, Rabbi, in 1 Samuel 17, when David fought Goliath, that, that was at Ashkelon, I was reading on October 7, the, the founder of Hamas, who was part of the Islamic Brotherhood, um, uh, Hassan, was born at Ashkelon. I mean, yeah. like you said, I mean, the ancient enemies of Israel are the, the breeding place of the enemies of Israel today, aren't they? It, it's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you know, it, it, and again, we're not against people. We pray for salvation for everybody. However, we are against sure. evil. And the thing is that, you know, it's the same. It's the people who are descended. Many of them are descended from these ancient enemies. And they're in the same place. You know, it's exactly what God said. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. This is a replay, you know, but it's heading to the end times. Wow. Robert, thank you so much. We're going to go to Missouri. By the way, folks, if you have a question for Rabbi Khan, the number is 719-619-2341. Frank in Missouri, thanks for holding. You are our next caller on Truth and Liberty. I'm grateful, Brother Alec. Uh, and, 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 and Rabbi, I, I got so many questions. I only can ask one, I, and I got I got to say I'm so grateful. That the the book, the Oracle, I haven't read the. I'm a little bit slow, but the brother sent the brother pastor sent that book to me from Indiana. I'm in Missouri. I spent a year and a half studying that book, and uh, uh, praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, no, the question about October the 7th, I have a question about October the 7th, but I want to preface it with this uh, about the parasha. What was the parasha? Uh, I don't want to ask that. I wanted to ask about Simcha Torah, and I wanted to ask if uh, uh, that was the, the week of, uh, uh, of Tabernacles, and, and was that the, the Feast of Trumpets also? Where does the Feast of Trumpets fit in to this October 7th uh, business? And I'm gonna, I want to pick his mind just one second here uh, the, uh, about the, the parasha. I, I learned okay. how to say that word because of you, parasha. That's how you say it. Uh, and I, I, Frank, I hold that thought. I want to give Rabbi Khan a moment. Hold that thought, Frank. Um, ju jump in if you would, Rabbi. Oh yeah, well, Parasha, yeah, that's the point. You know, I, it, the 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 one of my books is the the Oracle, as he's talking about. The yeah. Oracle speaks about all these mysteries behind Israel, and one of the things, and you see it in other books too, is that there is an appointed calendar from ancient from ages past. Every weekend, every Sabbath, they open up the same scripture all over the world. I mean, you know, every weekend it changes. But every Sabbath has a scripture to be read. It's, it's kind of like the one-year Bible, but weekly from, from of Israel. They open up the scrolls and they do it. And amazingly, there's so many times where that scripture is linked to what's happening in the world. You know, and that's called the parasha. Um, the other thing about it is that this 50-year this mystery, which I bring home, you know, in the Josiah Manifesto, there's mysteries that began in other books that have become true since the book came out. And so they're kind of all coming, coming, coming for a landing. And there's a side manifesto. And one of them is this 50-year mystery of Israel. You see it in Israel's history. 50-year, for instance, you know, uh, in 1917, the land is given to Israel, you know, by the Balfour Declaration. 50-year, um, right. but they don't have Jerusalem. 50 years later comes, they don't have Jerusalem, comes the Six-Day War. 1967 is fifth year. And you have now Jerusalem's restored. But they never got the, the, recogni the legal recognition 
Go 50 years later, you get to 2017. That's the year of the Jerusalem Declaration when Trump became the first leader since ancient times to give recognition like Cyrus to Jerusalem. So it all happened that, you know, everything happened according to this thing. And, there, and so and I'll, let me show, let me tell you something that I haven't really shared, you know, much anywhere. And that is that, all right, you got to kind of keep it, you got to focus on this. I'm not talking to you, Alex, I'm talking to everybody. And that mm -hmm. is that, that, okay, when Trump did this, it was 50 years after the Six-Day War. It was the Jubilee. So he recognized it, Jerusalem in 2017, okay? That's 1967, 2007. But it didn't begin there. Begin there. It began when the U.S. Senate, led by the Republicans, they recognized Jerusalem on June 5th of that year, which is 50 years to the exact day that the that the Six-Day War began. I mean, it's exact 50 years to the day they recognized. And then Trump sealed it. But now the thing is, now, now put this together. You have the Six-Day War 50-some-odd year, 50 years ago, and it was a great victory. Then six years later, you have the Yom Kippur War, and it was yeah. a great calamity. But they turned it around, but it was calamity. And so the thing is, how, so I looked at between the start of the Six-Day War and the start of the Yom Kippur War, it's 2,315 days, okay? 2,315 days. 50 years after the Six-Day War, to the day, June 5th, the U.S. Senate recognizes Jerusalem. And so if you take 2,315 days from that fulfillment, Jubilee, it's going to take you not to October 6th of the beginning of the, of the Yom Kippur War. Because of the leap year, it takes you to Saturday morning, October 7th. The exact that is the 2315th day. It takes you to the exact day of the attack on Israel, which is the yeah. first attack since the since Yom Kippur War. So God is so precise. That's one of the mysteries. Wow. Uh, amazing. I mean, folks, you're going to want to watch this again. Now, Frank, I know you've got a follow-up question. Folks, the website, truthandliberty.net, you can share this show with people. And I would urge you to bookmark this page, watch this again, and share it with those around you. Now, Frank, you're very gracious. Thanks for holding. I, I know you had some more of your question for Rabbi Khan. From the book, The Oracle, uh, you know, the, the brilliance of, uh, I want to know the reality. You, you, you said in the book that uh, Allenby in 1917, that, uh, uh, that the parasha, that you used, you used the Book of Common Prayer, which, uh, which the parasha uh, covered what was going on in, in about the uh, you you tell tell us. I, I don't want to recite it and mess it up. But but uh, uh, you know, the reality of the Book of Common Prayer, and then and then the the uh, these Jewish scrolls or these uh, uh, this parasha. This two it's a two year parasha and a three year parasha. Uh, uh, um, anyways, I, I, I'm a little bit confused about it, and I, I, I'd like you to comment on it and be clear, clear some, some of my thought up about okay, 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 yeah, 
Okay. Well, it's the, the most common parasha is a one-year thing, you know, so which most synagogues do. So, but but again, there are other versions, but that's the real that the standard one. Um, but yeah, even the book of common prayer, it's kind of like a one-year Bible because you know, in on the day that they took Jerusalem, the, the British forces, they're reading the book of common prayer, which says that the Lord will save Jerusalem as a as as a bird flying, and that's the first time using planes they actually flew over Jerusalem and actually saved it. So, I mean, everything kind of converges together because God is amazing. That's why, you know, so this happens. And, and yes, <clears throat> you asked the question, yes, the uh, this was a holy day when, when Israel was attacked, Simchat Torah, it's the end of tabernacles. That's correct. Um, and But uh, 50 years ago, on the same Sabbath, sat, again, the 50-year mystery, it was another holiday, which is Yom Kippur. So it, both times Israel was caught on, on, unguarded, but it's part of this 50-year mystery, which I go into that. By the way, that 50-year mystery has been affecting America. That's what I one of the things I opened up in the Design Manifesto. It even determined the exact day that COVID entered America, the day, the day that it kind of fell on America, the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned, the day that all these things have been happening in recent times are linked to this 50-year mystery. In fact, it might even reveal what is going to happen next. You know, because you know, and, and the other thing is one of the other mysteries, just for your, your listeners, is the mystery of Donald Trump. And that is that there is actually a mystery behind him. And that is that that there is a prototype in the Bible that he's actually, he doesn't, listen, it's not about Donald Trump, it's about God, and it, but the thing is that Amen. it is not political, it's that he is actually following the prototype of Jehu in the Bible. Jehu really? was a man who was wild, unpredictable, he never knew what he was going to say next. He, he rose up, and he actually made an alliance with the religious conservatives of his land. He became a partner to one of them. And he actually came to power only after a showdown with the nation's former first lady. That's Jehu. And, and, and you talk about, you know, and by the way, the former first lady, Hillary Clinton, you know, listen, yeah. she was on the national stage for 22 years with her husband, Bill, and then on her own in office for 12 years. And then she ran for president two years, 14 years. So 22 years with her husband, 14 years on her own. The prototype that she's following, which is actually the ancient queen of Jezebel, and that is she was on the national stage with her husband for 22 years on her own 14 years exactly the same until until Jehu or in this case Trump they had a showdown so the, every single leader follows this prototype this is one of the even January 6th and this is not getting into the the condoning or back but even January 6th the template is was there and that's what I, one of the things I reveal in the Josiah Manifesto. It was all there. I mean, it's amazing, but it's all there. Uh, wonderful. Let's go to Tim in North Carolina. Fascinating stuff, folks. Fascinating. Tim in North Carolina, thanks for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. How you doing? Great. Good to hear good. from you. Yeah, good. So I'll try to frame this as easy as possible. Um, in general, I was doing some studying and just trying to do some research on some of the biggest questions in regarding Palestine slash Israel, like a political guide. And I stumbled across the Institute for Middle East Understanding, and I went to question number six, which is my question. Now, I didn't realize how biased this site was, but I've learned that now. Um, so my question is, like, kind of like apologetics, if you're defending your faith, their question is termed, why is the term apartheid appropriate in describing Israel's current rule over the Palestinians? 
I disagree with that okay. comment. Um, so my question is, Good. why is the term apartheid not accurate in describing Israel's current, quote, rule? Okay, good, good, good question. One is that's something used by the enemies of Israel, and that's what that. As soon as you told me the 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 title of that site, I said, okay, I know where they're going. That they accuse it, saying it, it you know, it's like South Africa, and that it divides, you know, the you know the the black people of South Africa had to go one way, and, you know, the whole thing they had to be separate. Israel is is <laughs> Israel number one. If you are an Israeli citizen, whether you're Jewish or Arab, you have the same rights, unlike all these other nations. And by the way, it's the only democracy in the entire Middle East. Okay, so yeah. keep that in mind. The Arab, you know, on top of that, listen, Arab people are actually in the in the Knesset, in the government, and they have Arab parties. That's how democratic it is. Um, you know, is there conflict? Of course there is, because it's surrounded for its life, you know. But the Israel's law, in fact, if you ask most Arabs who are Israeli citizens, they don't want to live in the Arab nations because they are better off in Israel. They have they have rights, they have a better standard of living. So it's just it's just those who are against Israel will accuse it of anything. That's the way it goes. They'll call the Israelis Nazis. I mean, here are the most un-Nazi people in the world. You know, and and by the way, Israel's fighting for its life. You know, imagine yeah. if this happened in America. You know, it's, you know, 9-11 happened and we got into a war. You know, I mean, you know, hundreds of thousands of people were killed. Israel is fighting for its life, you know, and if it doesn't fight, it's dead. You know, we have to pray for everybody on every side. But listen, you know, the G Jesus said he is he's coming to Israel and he's going to defend them. And so we got it. We have to be we have to be. It says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God's going to bless Israel. You're going to be blessed. Pray for everybody. But bless Israel. That's God's God's timepiece. Tim, thank you for your question. Frank and others holding, we've got a slew of questions off uh, the internet. I know you got to go, don't you? Because uh, we've got you till, uh, we've got about another minute and a half. And Rabbi Khan, I want to say thank you for your time. Uh, and we've got to have you back on. But before we pull out for a commercial break, uh, again, websites, where can people find your books? Tell yeah. us where we can yeah. uh, get yeah. all of the your Yeah, the Josiah Manifesto, literally, I'm saying it's, we just touched on it, but it's filled with mysteries, where we are, what you need to know for what's coming. It looks like this. This is the Josiah yeah. Manifesto. It's literally everywhere. You know, you can go online right now on Amazon or any place, you know, secular or Christian. But I'm praying that people get it, not just for themselves, get it for people in your life who need to get saved. You need to, but those who don't even believe in God, it's gonna, and also those who do, but they need to know what's coming and they need to wake up. That's the Josiah Manifesto. Um, the Oracle is also, he talked the Oracle, that's everywhere. All my books are online, everywhere, the Harbinger, the Return of the Gods. Also, to get the the, the ministry is hopeoftheworld.org. You'll get a lot of free gifts. You'll touch the world. You see all my teachings there, hopeoftheworld.org. You can go online. Um, and then I'm on the web, you know, I have Jonathan Kahn, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, and also, uh, they have books by jonathankahn.com. That's the publisher. You can also do it that way. But I'm all over. <laughs> Godspeed, my brother. Let's visit again soon, okay? Thank you, Alex. God bless you. Keep up the great work. God bless you. Folks, this is Truth and Liberty. We have another segment, so stay with us. We've got a brief break. And again, the website, truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. We'll be back right after this. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. No matter where you're coming from, 
The world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hi, my name is Carrie Pickett, and like many of you, I wear lots of hats. But most of all, I'm a child of God. Ever since I was young, my desire has been to share the unconditional love of God. There is nothing more rewarding to me than people changing their lives and then changing the world. That's why I'm inviting you to join me wherever you are, and let's discover together these foundational truths that will transform your life. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Uh, what an exciting show, folks. Again, let me, let me just say this. Tell your friends about Truth and Liberty. You know, what Andrew Womack envisioned in this is just so uh, big and uh, expansive, and Richard Harris is doing a great job. You know, Richard and I are on the phone multiple times a week talking about promoting the show and I want to say with all my heart, for those of you that watch and you call in and you tell others about Truth and Liberty, we are sincerely grateful for you. We thank God for you. We pray for the viewing audience. And this is exciting because we need to know the Word. We need to drill down deeply and lean in to Jesus every day with all we've got, uh, understanding that we are His representatives. Do you know 2 Corinthians 5.20 says that we are his ambassadors. And the word ambassador there that Paul used, Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it really means a mature, seasoned, prepared representative. And I love what 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are God's ambassadors saying to the world, be reconciled to God. In other words, if Jesus himself were here, this is what he would be saying be saved, be born again. And so Truth and Liberty, we exist to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, to help equip you and to call our nation back to truth. And so great guests like this, uh, it's a privilege. But I will say this, folks, while the gospel is free, uh, delivering the message of the gospel takes resources. And that's why I would ask you to pray about becoming a partner with us. If you would give a recurring monthly gift, at least $5, but give the best gift you can as God leads you. Uh, if you would invest and donate, you can go to truthandliberty.net slash donate and partner with us as we're calling our world to Jesus and the church to revival. Well, we're going to continue with calls. The number, by the way, 719-619-2341. If you need spiritual help, that number if you need spiritual help, it's 719-635-1111. Uh, we're going to go to Frank in Rhode Island. Frank, thanks for holding. And you're the okay. next caller on tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty. All right. Yes, what you got, Frank? I have a quick question. It's on Paul put the put on, put off. 
I got like four statements. Is it almost like a way of saying repent? He says, let us cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, put on the mind of Christ. Hebrews, lay aside the um, every weight and the sin that so easily besets you, or put yeah. your put to death your members that are on the earth. And then the last, put on, put off the old man who grows corrupt according to deceitful us. Put on the new man who's created in righteousness and true holiness. And the only other time that righteousness and holiness is in Luke two, where Jesus fulfills the Abrahamic covenant that we can serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness. The only other time that word is used is there. Just a quick, yeah. is that a way of saying repent? Thanks. God bless you. Frank, this is awesome. I was thinking about this today, uh, repentance, because repentance, it means several things. The Greek word is metanoia, and it, it does mean to change your mind. In other words, when we repent, we agree with God. God says that we're sinners. We need salvation. God says that we need to be thoroughly equipped. And so there's not just the turning away from sin, but there's also got to be the turning to truth and the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know this concept? You mentioned Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, uh, seeing we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And the, the casting off, it's like shaking off shackles. Uh, if you've ever seen, you know, uh, I, this is a bad analogy, but I've seen like film footage of Houdini or a magician getting out of, you know, chains and shackles and they throw them off and they're, they're set free. That's how it is when we come to Jesus. Uh, the, the world, the flesh and the devil, our, our fallen nature, the Bible says that, that we had enmity with God. We were enemies of God. But listen to this, the idea of putting off something and taking on something else. It's in Philippians 4, 8. Paul writes in Philippians, remember he was in a jail cell. He said, uh, if anything is good and true and praiseworthy and upright, uh, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And the implication is, as opposed to other things. Now, I truly believe, folks, one of the greatest ways to put off the unfruitful works of darkness and take on the, the righteousness of Christ and the truth is, as Paul says in Romans 12, renewing our mind, feeding on Scripture. You know, there was a great Christian leader so many years ago. Uh, his name was Oswald Chambers, and he died, but his writings after he died, became a devotional book called My Utmost for His Highest. And in My Utmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers says that we must, as Christians, vigilantly believe what is true. Now, we've got a very important call here in a minute that I want to get to, but I just want to say there might be somebody here tonight, and you need to put off lies and believe what's true. People might say, you're not good enough. You don't measure up. You, you always mess up. No, no. We are more than overcomers. We are victors in Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 53, 5 and 6, we are healed. We are victorious. We are written in the Lamb's book of life if you're a born-again believer. So that's why on and on we could go. We need to start living like our true state. See, if you're a born-again believer, your true status is you are a child of the king. 
You're a son or daughter of the king. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Ephesians 4.30, the Holy Spirit of God indwells you and seals you. And I just want to challenge people listening. Uh, Fellow believer, walk in the confidence, the victory, the joy. Be, Be joyful. Be grateful. Life is not a mess. Life is not bad. God is not angry at you. He is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And we have every reason, as, as the caller alluded to, to put off the defeat. Say, John 10, 10, Satan comes to you, steal, kill, and destroy. Don't let Satan steal your power and your joy. Don't let Satan kill your potential. And don't let Satan destroy your hope. We are the victors. We belong to Jesus, and we must walk and live in that truth. Well, I'm so excited right now, folks. We're going to go to John Riley in Washington. John is a beloved colleague and friend with the American Family Radio Network. For 14 years, I've had the privilege of being on AFR, and we're on every day live with Exploring the Word. And I I just learned like an hour ago that John is in Washington, the wonderful gathering to stand and show support for Israel. So I texted John Riley, and uh, John, I appreciate you calling in tonight. And uh, I know this is short notice, but you've made time for us, and we want to get a get a word on what's going on there in our nation's capital. Alex, it is so good to be with you, brother. Thank you for all that you do on the radio and through your speaking conferences all over the country. I am in the nation's capital, and uh, earlier this afternoon, uh, between 1 and 3, there was a massive rally in support of the Jewish people and the state of Israel. It was just absolutely amazing to see all of the Israeli flags draped around people uh, just flying in the air. There are some reports that say, you know, it could be as much as 200,000 people. They said probably 100,000. I don't know how many, but it was a massive uh, just march there on the nation's uh, mall, the National Mall, all in support of Israel. And, of course, to say, you know what, Uh, we're not going to back down. We are going to stand together. And, you know, Alex, what's really amazing, too, is that it wasn't just Jewish people. There were many, many Christians from all over the country who came together and said, we stand with you. It was amazing. Amen. Praise God. Well, John, when did you get there? I actually got here a little bit early. We got here uh, this past weekend, and I uh, did a few interviews while I was here uh, over the weekend and then did some more, um, you know, during the rally there and just talked to so many people who um, were just blown away by the massive turnout. And by the way, uh, there was no uh, violence. There was no graffiti. There was no damage. Everything was – it was just like being – in a, a beautiful togetherness, if you will, with, with Jews and Christians coming together and just uh, joining together for our, our common bond that we have. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I only heard about this today, uh, and I, I saw where um, the actress Patricia Heaton, who was famously on Everybody Loves Raymond, you know, she's come out to be so pro-life and vocally Christian, vocally supporting Israel. And I, I was very excited to see she and some other public figures tweeting out 
support for Israel. So were there speakers? Did you see other leaders there, John? Who all was there and and what was the, the content? There were uh, the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog. He actually did a videotape live from Israel. So he spoke to the the crowd of over 100,000 people there, as well as some politicians. And uh, Mr. Schumer was there, and he said all the right things. And we had Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. He was there. He said some amazing amazing things. And so there were, there were some politicians. There were actually, if I remember correctly, there was a cousin who actually had like six or seven family members that were, were, are still held hostage there in Gaza. And so she was speaking on their behalf. And there were people from some college uh, universities around the country. I can't remember which ones. They were speaking, of course, on behalf of, of Israel. And just a lot of this, Alex, and I know you deal with this all over because you're on college campuses everywhere, all of the tremendous amount of hatred, anti-Semitism that's coming out against the Jewish people. I've never seen it, uh, anything like this. Um, in, in my lifetime, to see the hatred coming out towards the Jewish people. So they were speaking against that. And, of course, there was some uh, Israeli music and just so many beautiful Jewish people that I ran into, everybody holding flags and, and signs. It was just an amazing event. Yeah. Uh, l- let me ask you this, John. Um, the well, I, I, You and I have talked about Israel, and, of course, uh, I had the privilege of helping lead a, a tour there and— How did God so strongly put Israel and issues related to the Jewish people? How did God put that on your heart, John? You know, that's an amazing question, uh, Alex. My mother was actually Jewish, and my mother grew up and was born in the country of Morocco into a large Jewish family, 20 brothers and sisters. Half of them died in the land of Morocco, and then the other half moved to Israel. And so I have family spread all over the land of Israel, and my mother met my father, who was in the army at the time. They got married and came to the United States, where my mother became a legal U.S. citizen. She immigrated here and found Jesus. She found Yeshua, which is the Hebrew name of Jesus. And so I was not raised Jewish, but— you know, it's. I have family, of course, as I mentioned, all over Israel, and I've traveled to Israel about 30 times now. I was supposed to go there October 24, but the war broke out, um, you know, of course, before that on October 7, and Seven. obviously flights were canceled, and my whole trip was canceled. So, yeah, my, my love for the Jewish people and, of course, the covenant that God gave to the Jewish people, he'll never revoke that covenant for them, Amen. and uh, I, I love it so much. Amen. Well, being there in Washington, um, tell us, because here's the thing, forgive my cynicism, but I'm just wondering how truthful the coverage is going to be. Uh, and folks, I don't know what news outlets you watch or where, where you get your news, but um, John, give us the straight scoop on this gathering in solidarity for Israel, because I just, I, I just wonder how the news tomorrow morning is going to spin it. Uh, what what are some things that we need to look for for accuracy? You know, surprisingly, um, what I'm and I've just been scanning a lot of online, and I've been watching a little bit on the uh, the cable networks. Surprisingly, what I am seeing is 
almost something that's positive. And there, I've seen a lot of uh, these news outlets pointing out that there w- there was a very uh, violence-free, you know, of course it would be, uh, event that took place with over well over 100,000 people that were there on the nation- National Mall. And so I, I feel like the coverage was better than I inti- would anticipate from a lot of these national yeah. Um, media outlets out there like ABC and, of course, Fox News, you know, you, you can expect that they're going to cover it in a, in a, a fair and balanced way. But, yeah, I, right. I've not seen anything, um, you know, to negative, you know, come come against that. Yeah. So um, were any of the current Republican presidential candidates there, to your knowledge? They were not. Uh, none of them. And I know President Biden, he was invited, uh, but he did not come because I guess he had a meeting with uh, the Chinese leader out in California or something. I mean, I yeah. I think he could have left a little bit later and at least greeted them or at least the vice president could have done that. But she didn't either. So I don't I don't get that. They they, they sent uh, you so, know Schumer and, and Mike Johnson. So so, I, so he I, had to I, go I meet know. with his boss, didn't he? Yeah, that, that is so For, true. I mean, it's just for, unbelievable. Forgive me, Lord. I, I, di- I digress. But yes, the Chinese leader in San Francisco, I, I, I know. And boy, that's a story in itself, how they quickly got the city swept clean. But um, in, in all seriousness, John, you, you'll appreciate this. In my hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina, Sunday, it'll be two weeks, but it was, you know, a week and a half ago, there was a gathering on one of the main highways, a very, the busiest, busiest shopping center in Greensboro, a pretty upscale part of town. And there was about 400 people that gathered, and a lot of Jewish people, a lot of Christian people. And we stood out for two hours holding up Bible verses like Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and, uh, you know, Israeli flags. John, 99.9% of all the traffic going by, including police officers, were giving a big thumbs up. Uh, There there was one carload of college students that rode by twice shouting curse words. And um, I could tell you about some of our conversations with the college students, but it, it clearly, and there were a lot of Jewish people that felt very touched that hundreds of Christians would come out to stand in solidarity and saying, we stand with Israel. Um, as tragic as the war is, don't you think that ultimately this is a good thing to, to show the precious Jewish people? Uh, I mean, obviously, we want them to know Yeshua. But also, we, as Americans, we recognize nations have the right to self-defense. And we, the state of Israel has the right to defend itself. So these, these gatherings like the one I was at, like the one that you are at, ultimately these, these are positive for our relationship with Israel, aren't they? They are, Alex, and I saw that over and over as I spoke to a lot of people there, uh, Christians and Jews, and and, and I, I found exactly true with what you were saying, especially, obviously, among many of the Christians that I spoke to. They were there saying, hey, we're here. We feel your pain. We uh, are heartbroken over what happened, and we are here just saying that we love you. We thank you for what you have given to us as Christians, you know, the Word of God, the Messiah, Jesus, and yeah. and so much more. We owe a great debt to you. And so I heard that from a lot of the 
the believers uh, that I spoke to, a lot of the, the Christians that I spoke to. So you're, you're absolutely right. And I think the news media would want to make us believe that there's not support for the Jewish people or Israel. And I would agree completely with you from what I've seen. That's just that's just a lie. Do you have any um, insights on how long is this conflict going to last, John? You know, Israel is making incredible progress there in Gaza. Uh, I just saw a report um, just not long ago that they've got they've got control of the central part of the northern part of Gaza, and that is where the the most concentration of Hamas was near Gaza City. Uh, the report I saw just recently is that they have the hospital surrounded. Now, why would they why would they surround a hospital? Well, it's because Hamas has tunnels built all over the Gaza Strip, 300 miles of them, and they have tunnels underneath the hospital where people yeah. are supposed to be helped. So um, they're, they're trying to deal with that. And I just saw one report today that even our national intelligence, the United States national intelligence, confirms that that, that is where they are. That's, that's a headquarters for Hamas underneath the hospital. This is just terrible. Yeah. And using people as a human shield and uh, doing the most to maximize human casualties. I mean, th this is evil. I mean, the way that Hamas has used the hospital uh, has really, I, I mean, it's just unspeakably evil what they've done to hostages, to babies. Um, do, do you feel like that it's, it's almost hard for viewers and the public to get their mind around how people could be this evil? Yeah, I don't think anybody can get their minds around what happened on October 7. The horrific images that I've seen and many, many people who are listening tonight have, have seen, unfortunately. I mean, the, the things that we have seen and heard, you can't even get your mind around that kind of depravity. And um, Alex, and I've been telling people this a lot, the only thing that I can say is that it's demonic. It is a demonic yeah. attempt from the very pit of hell to try to come against the Word of God and the, what God's Word has said about the Jewish people, the covenants that he gave them. And that's, all, that's the only thing I can say. It is a demonic uh, onslaught from the enemy. And the Jewish people have had this for, uh, you know, have had this happen before. But it's just, it's awful. And I don't think anybody can get their minds around what happened. Well, you know, while we're grieving about uh, the loss of human life, uh, I realize that human suffering and, and the loss of innocent life is is the primary thing of, that we're concerned about. But, you know, John, here's been my prayer that maybe, because I've been blessed, I, I am blessed to know a lot of Jewish people, some of whom are born again, like Jonathan Kahn and Michael Brown, and I know a lot of Jewish people that, that aren't believers yet. But one of the things that's been a puzzlement to me, and I want you to speak to this, um, Jewish people vote Democrat so often, not always, but so, so often. And, and I've, I've talked to many of my Jewish friends. I'm like, you do know the Democrat Party is very anti-Israel, and, and ultimately, you know, they're, and I've seen this over the last five to seven years, there, there are rumblings of anti-Semitism coming out of the left, and now that's very vivid. Now, all of that to ask this question, do you think that maybe just the support for Hamas and the Palestinian terrorists, maybe 
the horror of all this is, is going to break some of the uh, hold the Democrat Party has had on Jewish voters. You know, Alex, uh, I would like to say yes, but I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to have to say no on that. I don't think that's, mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Unfortunately, and sadly, I don't think many Jewish people see what the Democratic Party has done and is doing, you know, when it comes to um, the Jewish people. And I know, uh, you know, we often say that it's, it's a bipartisan thing with support, and I get that. But there at the rally when Schumer was up there, I mean, he was saying some things, and they, I mean, they just cheered. I mean, he was saying some right things, basically, but they were cheering him and some of the other, uh, and Biden, you know, they were uplifting him, you know, and just cheering him on when his name was mentioned. So I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, and I don't wow. understand it. You know, I really don't understand it, Alex. It's, sure. it's confusing sure. to me. Yeah. Well, you, you know, on, on that note, um, what do you think, uh, totally off topic here, but maybe not so much, do you have a gut feeling about how the 2024 presidential election is going to be? And let me just ask this question. I think it's on the minds of so many people. Is Biden going to be the Democrat nominee? I believe he's going to be the Democratic nominee because I think he's too, uh, you know, prideful not to. <laughs> so I think I think he'll he'll do it either way. Um, a lot, I know there's a lot of people that say he won't and that uh, somebody else is going to try to take the lead in that. But I think it's almost getting too late for them to raise up, you know, somebody else uh, and get them in the public eye, unless it's somebody well known. I don't know. So yeah. I don't think he's going to back down. I really don't. That's well, just my opinion. I know there's probably a thousand opinions out there, but I don't think he is. Yeah. Well, you you know, given the state of the economy and the border situations and fentanyl deaths and just the standard of living uh, is going down in major urban areas and interest rates are going up, food prices are up 33%. I mean, uh, essentially any matrix uh, with which one would choose to measure uh, we're worse off than we were three and a half years ago. Now, that being said, and you've got what arguably must be the weakest ticket, Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, you know, it, it would seem that this administration and this ticket, if it is Biden and Harris, that it has loser written all over it. And yet, you know, I'm, I'm hearing Republican leaders and pundits saying, you know, they're, they're already very nervous about the election. I mean, how John Riley of AFA, I'm on the radio with the American Family Association. John, it's so good to have you. But um, my goodness, if, if anybody were a political prognosticator, you, you just wouldn't believe that this administration could get a second term. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. And yet, uh, Alex, um, all we have to look back is is the midterms, what happened there. You know, we thought mm-hmm. there would be some kind of conservative wave, and there wasn't. And then the recent elections just a few weeks ago, there were several defeats for Republicans. And this is what I would say. We have got to, number one, pray. That's got to be at the top of the list. We've got to pray for our country. But number mm-hmm. two, Alex, 
as believers in the Lord. We have got to get out and vote. I hear over and over and how many people like, well, no, uh, it's just I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go out there and do that. We can't do that. If we want this country to change and turn, we've got to pray and we've got to get involved. And if we don't, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Do you remember last year, November of 22, the, the red wave that didn't happen? And then November of 23, in, in the election two weeks ago, the red wave that didn't happen. I, you know, folks, apathy is not what we need here. I mean, I know, and I'll say this, I want you to comment. John, people say to me, pastors say to me, they'll say, well, uh, Brother Alex, my home is in heaven. Yeah, I know, mine too. I'm a born-again believer. My home is in heaven. But like Augustine said 1,600 years ago, until we get to the city of God, we have an obligation to the city of man. Isn't that right, John? Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say to anybody who has that argument, do you enjoy, uh, would, you, would you enjoy paying 200% taxes? Would you enjoy... Uh, not being able to go to church anymore or read your Bible or pray. Would that be something that you would like? No, nobody. If you're a believer in the Lord, you want to be able to continue to do all those things. But yes. we've got to, we, we have to stand up for those things because our freedoms are being diminished more and more and more every way we look. And if we don't get involved and if we don't make a difference, um, we're, we're going to lose so much of that. And we're seeing that a lot across our nation right now. John, we're almost out of time. Um, where and when can people hear you on the American Family Radio Network? Oh, thank you for that. I do a, a program called the Middle East Report, and actually you can podcast that when you go to AFR.net and click on the podcast tab and search for the Middle East Report. I do a 28-minute show now. It's expanded. I've got a four-and-a-half-minute features that runs on American Family Radio all weekend long. But the longer show is heard at 6.30 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. And, again, you can get that podcasted there, and you can get it podcasted wherever you get your podcast. We're on all the major podcast platforms out there. So check it out. What? Wonderful. And when do you head back? How long are you in D.C. for? We are actually uh, heading back tomorrow morning very, very early. We'll be catching that flight out around 4 a.m. and heading back home. So we're, we're anxious to get, get back home. It was such an incredible experience to be here, to be with so many people who love the Jewish people, Jewish people from all over the country, and just to, just to raise our support and say we stand with Israel and we stand with the Word of God. Amen. John Riley, thanks for being with us on Truth and Liberty. And folks, what a show. You want to share this with other people. You can send a link. Uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn was with us for the first hour. John Riley, a number of great calls. Folks, thank you for watching. This is Alex McFarland saying on behalf of Andrew, Richard, and all the great staff and crew. You know, we couldn't do this show without an amazing crew. They run the cameras. They do all the the broadcast uh, oversight, and we thank God for them. So here's what we would ask you to do. Pray for America. Pray for revival. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the salvation of your friends and family members that need the Lord. Pray for the, the Lord to rule in our government, and pray that the name of Jesus would be known worldwide. May God bless you. Thanks for watching Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. 
Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.